On behalf of Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. I'm Ed Peters. We continue on today with Luke's account of their shipwreck on the island of Malta. From Luke's record, in the closing verses of chapter 27, we saw that all the people on the ship, the crew, the passengers, the soldiers, and the prisoners made it safely to shore, just as God had promised Paul. Now today we move on to the opening 10 verses of Acts chapter 28 where Luke continues his account of this incident and he writes as follows. We soon learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us, building a bonfire on the beach to welcome us and warm us in the rain and cold. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks, to lay on the fire, a poisonous snake, driven out by the heat, fastened itself onto his hand. The people of the island saw it hanging there and said to each other, A murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him to begin swelling or suddenly fall dead. But when they had waited a long time and no harm came to him, they changed their minds and decided that he was a god. Near the shore where we landed was an estate belonging to Publius, the governor of the island. He welcomed us courteously and fed us for three days. As it happened, Publius's father was ill with fever and dysentery. Paul went in and prayed for him and laying his hands on him, healed him. Then all the other sick people on the island came and were cured. As a result, we were showered with gifts, and when the time came to sail, people put on board all sorts of things we would need for the trip.
promise of God in Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18 was fulfilled in Paul's experience here on the island of Malta. These are the words of Christ as recorded by Mark. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. We must remember that these signs were confined to that time before the New Testament was completed when the believers needed the sign gifts to substantiate the message of the gospel. We must also note that Paul was not tempting God. He didn't deliberately pick up the snake. This may be another reason to believe that Paul's thorn in the flesh, which he mentions in 2 Corinthians 12, 7, was eye trouble. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Shipwrecked on an island sounds excitingly foreboding. It sounds adventuresome but ominous. After being driven by the storm for 600 miles across the part of the Mediterranean, which was then called the Adriatic, Paul's ship grounded near the island of Malta, just 60 miles south of Sicily. The island itself is about 18 miles long and 8 miles wide. Its strategic location between Sicily and North Africa provided a convenient haven for ships on either the north-south or east-west lanes. It had excellent harbors that protected ships from the stormy seas. Its history predates back to about 2000 B.C. At about 1000 B.C., the Phoenicians colonized the island, resulting in a burst of trade and prosperity. They developed a Phoenician dialect, and since they were neither Greeks nor Jews, they were called barbarians, that is, people who spoke a foreign tongue. They, however, developed a high degree of civilization and wealth. The chief of the island was called the First Man. When Paul arrived here, it was a man named Publius. Tradition indicates that he was the first convert to Christianity on the island and is responsible for a growing Christian community there. Christian catacombs, dating from the 3rd and 4th centuries A.D., attest to a strong Christian community on this island of Malta. It was to this island that Paul and the rest on board the wrecked ship made their way. Cold and wet, they straggled on shore. Luke testifies that the islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and, as he put it on the fire, a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall over dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and for three days entertained us hospitably. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. 
Paul went in to see him and, after prayer, placed his hands on him and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. They honored us in many ways, and when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with the supplies we needed. Just as God had promised, all 276 people aboard came to safety on the island. When you think of the circumstances, that is remarkable. First, the storm threatened to kill them all. It got to none of them. Then there was the attempted desertion of the sailors. That failed. Then the soldiers plotted to kill all the prisoners to keep them from escaping. That failed. Finally, there was the swim to the shore of the island. They all made it safely, even those who couldn't swim. God had said they would. You can depend on the word of God, even when circumstances indicate otherwise. Now another promise. God had promised Paul that he would get to Rome. Look what he had to face. The oath of those 40 Jews in Jerusalem to kill him before mealtime, that failed. Then Felix delayed and delayed for two years. After him came Festus. He didn't know what to do since Paul was innocent. But God had said Paul would get to Rome. It didn't seem that way. When they finally sailed, most of the trip seemed to be a death trap with no hope of survival. They sailed too late in the fall. The storms hit. Now when finally the ship ran aground, the soldiers plotted to kill all the prisoners so they wouldn't escape. But they didn't kill any of them. God said Paul would get to Rome. You can depend on the word of God even when circumstances seem to indicate otherwise. Now came another death trap. A viper which may have appeared like a stick in that cold rainy night when Paul picked it up and threw it into the fire with the rest of the wood, it came to life and attached itself to Paul's hand. He shook it off. He was supposed to die. The barbarians decided he must be a murderer, concluding that Paul had escaped the deity by surviving the storm, but the god got him now through the snake. They waited for him to die. He didn't. God had said he would get to Rome. God's word can always be trusted, even when all circumstances conclusively indicate otherwise. Instead of being considered a murderer, the natives of Malta decided Paul must be a god. That's quite a switch, from a murderer to a god. I'm sure Paul must have assured the natives that he was just an ordinary man, and he must have pointed them to Jehovah God and to Jesus Christ. The storms, of whatever nature, finally pass by. In the dark of the midnight have I haunted my face while the storm howls above me and there's no hiding place mid the crash of the thunder precious Lord hear my cry Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Till the storm passes over, till the thunder sounds no more, till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow. 
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.